Hi everyone. Welcome to the Desi Crime Podcast. I'm Ishwarya, your host for this episode. And I'm Aryan. Before we start the case for today, we want all of you to go over to our Patreon and subscribe for amazing exclusive features like merch, awesome extra episodes, early access episodes, video calls with us and more. To help the podcast out and to avail these benefits, go to www.patreon.com/desicrime and select a tier that works best for you. We also want to thank our newest patrons Muriha, Deepthi and Shreya for helping run this podcast. Almost 2 years ago in June of 2020 as the world was protesting the unlawful death of George Floyd caused by a cop who stepped on his neck for over 9 minutes India was fighting its own case of police brutality. We brought that case to you 2 years ago and since then new harrowing developments in the case have led us to bring to you another episode this episode goes to the countless people who are hurt or lose their life at the hands of those meant to protect us this episode goes to all of those cases that never got a protest people that were turned into mere statistics of violence at the hands of the police this episode goes to jairaj and benix and their family that still mourns their loss today this is their story I still remember covering this case as one of the first few cases we ever did. <laughs> yeah. And as soon as this case came into the spotlight into the news and Jairaj and Benix's name were trending on Twitter, both of us realized that this is a case that needs to be covered and needs to be covered quick. Recently, for those of our listeners who do not know, Ashwarya and I have started putting reels on our Instagram that are short summaries of cases from around the world and focusing on South Asia as we always do. and we were going back and making reels of cases we've already covered of which jaya raj and benix was one such case we were not aware that there was any development in the case until we revised our information and research for that particular reel and you can check out our reels on our instagram at desi crime but that's besides the point as we were diving into the research for the reel It turns out there is so much more that has happened including a CBI investigation including people being criminalized and we simply couldn't not record another episode. But what scares me is the old adage the old saying that one person is a story but a thousand is a statistic. Yeah. And there are so many cases, so many victims of police brutality. But unfortunately we've grown up in a country not only watching police beat up people but seen it been glorified in movies singam for example the normalization is what is scary to me aryan our police stations don't have cameras to the extent that those in the us do our interrogations aren't recorded our cops don't have body cams in fact i found this stat during my research into this case it was in december of 2019 
2020 after this case that the Supreme Court mandated that all police stations install CCTV and night vision cameras on their premises and that all police interrogations be video recorded. That's big. In December of 2020 though, I find that incredibly (laughs) appalling. As big of a move that is, the fact that it came in December of 2020 And according to the National Campaign Against Torture, which is an Indian rights group based in New Delhi, at least 1,731 people were killed in police custody in 2019. Compare that to the fact that between 2005 and 2010, only 21 police officers were convicted for crimes of police brutality against the people in their custody. But this case shows you that no matter what measures you take, If you don't train your cops right and don't change the culture of policing within India, things will hardly change. I say that because the police station where Jairaj and Benex were being held did have CCTV cameras. But there is change and this case was a harbinger of change in the Indian policing system. As a reminder for our listeners and for me frankly, Ashwarya, tell us who were Jairaj and who was Benex and what happened to them two years ago. So... 2020 was the year that the lives of everyone in this world changed. We experienced a historical event that all our children will read about in their history books 20 years from now. Don't name it. (laughs) It was a global pandemic, it has to be said. We saw a global pandemic ravage the world one country at a time, one family at a time. As of today, 6 million people have died of COVID and in India, that number is somewhere around 500,000 deaths. All of that began in 2020. But death was the worst case scenario, obviously. For a lot of families in India, even if they didn't lose a family member, they lost their jobs, their businesses took a hit and they didn't have a running income to feed themselves. And nobody knew how long this was going to last. Today, two years later, the nightmare still hasn't completely ended. At the time, though, a vaccine was very far away and scientists were only beginning to understand what was actually happening to us. During this chaos, living in Sathankulam in Tutikuri of Tamil Nadu were P. Jayaraj, who was 59 years old, and his son J. Benix, who was 31 years old. The two men had a life in Sathankulam. They had a family, a shop that they ran. Before COVID hit, life looked up for them. Benix was just 31, contemplating marriage and hoping to start a new phase in his life. Jairaj had a wife, Selvarani, who he loved deeply. Jairaj and Selvarani had four children, three of whom were girls, and Benix the only son. Naturally, Benix was the most pampered child. His sisters doted after him, they loved him, protected him, and his parents would give the world up for him. As Benix grew up, he became a loving son and a caring brother. He was known for having an incredible relationship with all of his sister's children, who also loved him. He was the favourite uncle. Then, of course, Covid hit. And life became tougher. The government ordered curfew times and lockdowns. All shops had to be closed by 8pm every night, ordered the cops. And the people complied. This included APJ Mobiles, the mobile accessory store that Jairaj and Benix had owned for many years now. And obviously, the cops were just doing their jobs. If shops needed to be closed by 8pm, unfortunately, they must take you into custody if you violate that order, no matter what your personal circumstances are. Or at the very least, give you a warning. Or give you a warning, right. But if they do take you into custody, they're not doing the wrong thing. 
the cops don't make the rules the government you elected makes the rules and when times are tough sometimes the government rules come at a personal cost when we previously covered this episode it was common knowledge that jairaj and benix had violated lockdown rules they had kept their shop open past the 8 pm curfew time and that's why the police arrested them fair enough at the time it was reported that when things went wrong was actually inside police custody after the father son duo were taken to the police station that piece of information we now know is an absolute lie and fabrication no way eventually aryan the investigating authorities gathered cctv footage from a shop right across from apj mobiles called king electricals this cctv footage revealed a few key details that changed the nature of this case completely you know the fact that whatever happened to poor jairaj and benix even if they violated a police curfew was by 15 disgusting. minutes was already disgusting yeah. that you're telling me they didn't even violate okay come on you just continue the cctv footage revealed a few key details that changed the nature of this case completely firstly it revealed that the cops had actually gotten in a small argument with jairaj the day before the arrest On the 18th of June, the camera revealed Jairaj standing outside his shop with a group of men a few minutes before closing time. The cops arrived as usual to make sure the shops were closing, and Jairaj passed a rude comment directed at one of the cops to express his agitation for having to close the shops early. Things didn't escalate on this night, and the patrol team of cops made sure the shops closed down and left. The same CCTV footage reveals the patrol team coming back the next day on the 19th of June but this time they arrived earlier than usual. They arrived at 7:30. There was still 30 minutes to the curfew time and all the shops can be seen open in the CCTV footage. At 7:45 p.m. the cops can be seen asking Jairaj and Benix to follow them to the police car standing at the street side. Both father and son follow But a few minutes later Benix returns to the shop. From the footage it's obvious that the cops took Jairaj to the police station in their car. What is also obvious from the footage is that Jairaj and Benix did not violate covid lockdown rules. So not only was the treatment of the men in police custody unlawful and obviously illegal, the arrest of the men was illegal too. The cops had no basis to take them and the men had broken absolutely no laws. The cops had told Benix to follow the police car to the police station and meet them there. This CCTV footage showing all of this happening with the timestamp can be found on our Instagram at Desi Crime. Now the cops were obviously legally obligated to file an FIR for any arrest that they make and they did that in this case. In this FIR they say that Jairaj and Benix violated covid curfew laws which we now know is obviously false. and that when the cops told them to close their shop down they refused to follow instructions and started rolling on the street which is what led to all of their internal injuries that would kill the men according to an article by the news minute the fir said the following quote the shop was open after the curfew time imposed by the district administration due to the lockdown jairaj his son benix and a few other friends were standing outside the shop we told them to disperse While others went away, Jairaj and Benix sat on the ground and abused us verbally and rolled on the ground. In this, they suffered their internal injuries. End quote. That is so blatantly untrue, Ashara. You showed me the video right now, yep. and it is evident in the video. Everybody, just go to like at Desi Crime, see the video. It's evident that 
there was none of the rolling and hurling nor was there the lateness in closing the shop they were literally called by the police to the other side of the road they complied there were so many witnesses to corroborate that evidence there were friends of jairaj and benix and autowala who was their friend who was seeing all of this unfold there was it's a lie the police's story is such a big lie it's almost kind of funny it's funny because we believed sort of the police's accounts yep. when we had first initially covered the first part to this episode we had believed that jairaj and benix had actually violated covid laws but now it's hysterically untrue there is no abusing happening there is no conflict happening in this video these men are simply called towards the cops and they go and in part we believed that story partly of the cops because it seems more rational i guess i mean i don't think both of us would ever believe that such heinous actions were taken on no grounds except a maniacal lust for power yeah. and what power does to people i would have assumed at least there was an altercation at least there was some you know rambling up some fighting some arguing the video is clear there is none of that no there is none of that the men were completely innocent and it's proven now more than ever with the new evidence that has come forward but also Arana I have to ask you is it physically biologically physiologically possible to roll on the street long enough to hurt yourself so bad that you die does your body like not have a mechanism that tells you to stop doing something like this when it hurts so bad that it will kill you and i'll answer my own question on that your body does have such a mechanism and that mechanism is called pain you feel pain so you don't kill yourself doing shit like this there's a reason people don't commit suicide by rolling on the street or by torturing themselves for hours because it's impossible to kill yourself that way this is absolutely the stupidest thing i have heard in my entire time covering this podcast that these two men with the sheer amount of injuries that they had died because they themselves were rolling on the street for that long didn't you know that the roads in tamil nadu have uh, pikes on them yeah yes. barbed wire pikes is like a you know it's yes yeah, i, I i'm surprised you didn't know that i did not fun fact for all fun of you fun fact anyway so now both jairaj and benix are in police custody they were booked under section 188 which is disobedience to order duly promulgated by a public servant section 353 which is the use of force to deter a public servant from duty Section 269 which is negligent act likely to spread infection of disease dangerous to life and section 5062 which is punishment for criminal intimidation of the Indian Penal Code when the men don't return for a while some close friends go over to the police station and what they hear on the inside makes their jaws drop they can hear the cops shouting they can hear the men crying The cops are saying over and over again, "How dare you speak against the police?" One friend in this group was a lawyer and asked to see the men immediately, which by the way is a right granted to each and every one of us by the constitution of our country. At the end of this episode, I will go over some basic rights you have if you're ever in police custody. Listen to them, know them, exercise them. But in this case the police refused to let this friend inside the police station they refused to let anyone meet the men for hours this group of friends waited outside the police station hearing the men get tortured inside the police station multiple police officers including volunteers at the police station 
took turns torturing the men. A report by India Today claimed, quote, Benix's lawyer, who was there in the station when the police officials hit the father-son duo, had a horrifying tale to share. Advocate S. Manimaran, an eyewitness to the brutality, said, quote, We were standing out and we were seeing the whole incident from outside through a glass gate. Benix and his father were beaten. In the morning, there was blood all over the place where they were sitting, end quote. He added that Benix was beaten so brutally, his flesh was ripped off. He said, quote, I gave them four pairs of clothes to change. We had laid down a blanket in the seat of the car when we went to pick them up. Benix had lost a lot of flesh on his back. And he was a well-built man. The car driver was in tears seeing their state. The spot where Benix sat was covered in blood. The place where Jayaraj was sitting was also all blood. Those blankets are still with us. They were both beaten to death. End quote. Unbelievable. This is completely insane. This is in a secular democracy where people have rights. This is in 2020? 2020, yep. (laughs) Unbelievable. This was not all. Other eyewitnesses have come forward to claim that Jairaj and Benix were bleeding from their rectum and were sodomized while they were in prison. I guess I'll take the gory job of actually defining what sodomizing is, which is the official term for essentially sexually assaulting anally a human being. And it's almost, it's not almost, it's way more than reprehensible that these two innocent men beyond being beaten, beyond being unlawfully imprisoned in custody, were sexually assaulted. The father and son together. Whether or not the two men were sodomized was actually not proven when we had initially conducted this episode and recorded it. Now we definitely know that they were sodomized. The men were sexually assaulted starting at around 8pm that night till about 3.30am in the morning. When we previously covered this episode, we talked about how later in the morning, the duo were taken to Kovilpatti Hospital. At the hospital, the medical fitness certificate was provided by Dr. Vanilla. We now know that this doctor saw the two men in their condition and called the marks on their bleeding bodies, quote, abrasions. However, this ruling by the doctor at the hospital has now been heavily questioned. After this, excuse my language, half-assed medical examination, Jairaj and Benix were taken to the magistrate for their remand. A remand is basically a local authority declaring that an accused is fit to be put into custody till they can be presented to a judge. Sathankula Magistrate D. Saravanan is the man whose duty it was to examine the men and realize that something was incredibly wrong. But he did anything but fulfill his duty. He didn't even meet the men. He actually stood on his balcony and looked down at the men standing below. The two men were surrounded by a team of police officers and weren't even properly visible from up in the balcony a few floors above. From his balcony, D. Saravanan waved his hand to the police to take the men away. After this, on the 20th of June, the men were taken to Kovilpati sub-jail despite the fact that they absolutely, desperately needed medical attention And had any of the people in this chain of command, including the doctor and the magistrate, done their job right, 
the two men could have been saved but at the jail the men were seen by a medical profession who could not believe his eyes when he met the men according to an article by news 18 quote when jairaj and benix were examined by a doctor at the kovilpatti sub jail the reaction from the medical professional was a mixture of puzzlement and shock both had suffered serious injuries on their backsides but their facial expressions revealed little about trauma in fact benix and jairaj were able to walk to the doctor's room in the kovilpatti sub jail from their cell where they were lodged since the day before benix had sported a swollen knee too how could somebody with such wounds be normal asked the doctor the medical examiner then went on to check the medical certificate obtained by the police from the satankulam government hospital to enable judicial custody for them the report had recorded like i said their wounds as abrasions a description that the medical examiner at the kovilpatti sub jail completely disagreed with the official changed it to quote multiple hit marks in the gluteal area end quote the article goes on quote the doctors examining patients inside a jail are usually doubly cautious about hypersensitive and diabetic inmates benix had high blood pressure and his father was diabetic the medical examiner had inquired if they had the necessary tablets after finding out that they did the examiner prescribed antibiotics considering the severe trauma Jairaj was advised to visit the general hospital nearby to administer a dressing on his wound given that he was a diabetic. But by now it was too late. The dressing wasn't going to save the men. The antibiotics weren't going to save the men and their necessary tablets weren't going to save the men. It was around 7:30 p.m. on Monday that the medical examiner received a call about Benix. quote he's sweating a lot and complains of palpitations end quote a jail authority informed benix was taken to the hospital in an auto rickshaw and not long after that <laughs> the prison authorities received a call that he had passed away when the prison authorities went over to jairaj's cell to break the news to him that his son the child that he had raised with so much love was now dead They instead realized that Jairaj was running a really high temperature. Oh my god. He was then taken to the hospital a little after 10:30 p.m. The prison officials had resolved to test him for coronavirus. He was declared dead around 5:30 a.m. on Tuesday. You know there's nothing about this situation that does not suck. <laughs> yeah. But what's even worse is that the father had to before dying be supplied the information that his son died. Yeah. And how horrifying would that be to know that your only son was dead while you were on your dying bed. Yeah. I am not a parent but every parent says it is their worst nightmare, worst nightmare. to have their child die before them. I cannot imagine what that must have <sighs> felt like. According to doctors who were present in the hospital at the time of Benix's death, The 31-year-old had palpitations and a lower level of oxygen saturation. Jairaj was then brought in with a high fever and very high sugar levels. He was admitted and later it was noted that his sugar levels were brought down. Despite that, he died. Quote, "Unfortunately, suddenly in the morning, we couldn't save him and he died," said the doctor present at the hospital where the victims were brought in. The death of the two men 
brought their communities to the streets in protests that saw more than a thousand people demanding justice for days on end. But their death brought their family to destruction and pain. The Deccan Herald conducted an interview with one of Penix's sisters. She said, quote, My mother has not been able to recover from the loss. I'm sure she never will be. She cannot digest the fact that my brother Benix is no more. My mother's lap still longs for her son and his love. End quote. In fact, Silvarani moved out of that house in which she had lived with her husband and son shortly after their deaths and hadn't gone back even once until their first death anniversary. Quote, she doesn't want to go back to Satangulam. Though I have been visiting our house once in a month or so, she's never accompanied me. This is the place where she lived with my father and brother. She does not want to revisit those memories. But she agreed to come because it's their first death anniversary. End quote. Not just Silvarani, but Benix's sister said she had a tough job even convincing her children that their mama or uncle will never come back. She said, quote, even the other day, when we were talking casually, one of my daughters said Mama will get her chocolates when they go to Satankulam. The kids keep looking at photos on our mobile phones whenever they remember my brother. None of us can forget anything. It's quite tough telling the kids that their Mama would never come back. End quote. You know, Aryan, in my opinion, the worst emotion one can experience after losing a family member is regret. And Benix's sister experiences it. That feeling that you could have done things differently and it would have changed the outcome of your loved one's death, there's nothing stronger and more hurtful than that emotion to me. Benix's sister says she still regrets not picking up Benix's phone that night. He had called her when Jairaj was arrested and she assumed it to be a regular phone call to her and she didn't pick up. She said, quote, I still regret not attending the phone call. If I had attended, I could have spoken to him one last time. Maybe I would have told him to be cool and not get tense about our father's arrest. If only I had attended the call. End quote. Sometimes it's confusing to um, contemplate why survivors guilt is such a strong emotion. Hmm, yeah. But this is essentially a variation of that, right? Where, of course... Somebody could have done something and things wouldn't happen and the butterfly effect does what the butterfly effect does. But I can only imagine her thinking. I, I'm still thinking right now. Maybe if something was done differently, the smallest of things, just not even those two curse words that were said, maybe yeah. just saying sorry. But a part of me then feels like we are blaming the victim. When we say things could have been done differently. What could have been done differently was that the police system of India would have been different. What could have been done differently was these officers held each other accountable. What could have been done differently was also that they were trained to be better cops, better public servants, not maniacal idiots drunk on power. This is one of those episodes where trying to be funny for me is impossible because there is just apathy. Apathy for a system that produces statistics of police brutality. So yes, maybe if something could have changed, it was his sister calming him down. But I think there are better things than more pertinent things to change. 
I think if she ever hears this episode, she'll gain some solace from what I you just said. I hope she does. I really hope so. But exactly what you're feeling, Aryan, the entire country felt. This case of police brutality sent shock waves across India, with the Madurai bench of the Madras High Court taking suo moto cognizance of the case, meaning that the court taking on the case without the case being brought to them by a third party. Ten policemen were arrested by the CBI that took over the probe, and nine of those ten are still in jail, while one of them died due to COVID. The High Court, in this case, directed the Tutikuri district collector to take control of the police station to enable the magistrate to collect the required documents. This incident represents the first time in the history of the Indian police that a district administration has seized control of a police station. The judges further directed the additional director of Forensic Sciences Department to send a team of experts to collect materials directly from the police station, which was now an active crime scene. The charge sheet produced by the CBI added to the horrors of this case and revealed that they were subjected to several rounds of beatings, sometimes with metal rods. The charge sheet further said that whenever there was a silence in the police station, the inspector urged the staff by asking why there was a silence and thereby instigating them to start a fresh round of beating. They deliberately stripped the men naked so that the beatings would hurt more. In 2019, two of the nine arrested inspectors, S. Sridhar and P. Raghu Ganesh, demanded bail, which was denied by the courts. The nine of them now wait in prison, accused of third-degree murder, awaiting trial which has seen numerous delays due to COVID. The family still awaits justice. For our listeners that don't know, third-degree murder is non-premeditated killing that's committed with the intent to cause bodily harm, but not death. On the other hand, second-degree murder is non-premeditated killing, but with the intent of causing death. To many people, this seems like an unnecessary distinction between second-degree and third-degree murder, which is why, fun fact, in the US, only 3 out of 50 states even recognize third-degree murder as a subcategory. Ah, fascinating. Very fascinating, But I can see an argument being made for the third-degree murder. It's been almost two years to the men's murders. If there's anything the country can learn from their deaths, it's that India's policing system needs reform. We need to, firstly, employ better cops. Then, we need to train those cops better than we train them now. It should be close to impossible for cops who are our first line of justice and protection to show such deep disregard for human life. And lastly, no matter how well we train our cops, we need systems in place to check their work. We need not only more cameras and more protocol, but we need more ethical doctors and more thorough magistrates and higher accountability for people on whom our life depends. And this is all not to say that all cops are bad. No, it's not. There are brave cops, cops that we have covered on this show, cops who we've talked about from Nitari, whose ingenious and bravery is equally commendable. Absolutely. But that doesn't rebuke the fact that there are problems in the system which need to be fixed. And we can simultaneously recognize individual cops' bravery and a system that needs rectification. 
you're absolutely right aryan the intent of none of this is to say that cops are inherently bad people there are incredible cops in this country and like i just said they are our first line of defense mm-hmm. and first line of justice and in my personal experiences they've risen to that occasion any personal encounter i have ever had with a cop has only left me with more respect for the work that they do but you're right that doesn't change the fact that we've just covered a case that should have never happened to begin with but obviously none of this brings the men back but if somehow through this episode through this conversation we can create more vigilant stronger systems and better policing and stronger citizens their deaths won't be in vain on that note as promised i will tell you what your rights are if you're ever in police custody make sure you know your rights like the back of your hand and make sure you exercise them your constitution guarantees them so that you're protected When you're in police custody, you have the right to number 1 know the grounds of arrest. The constitution stipulates that no police official can arrest any individual without informing the accused of the reason of their arrest. It's also compulsory for the police official arresting a person to inform any relative or friend of the person of arrest. In most circumstances, you also have the right to see the warrant of your own arrest. Number 2 Number 2 you have the right to be produced before the magistrate within 24 hours of the arrest if not the cops are liable to be charged with wrongful detention number 3 you have the right to be released on bail by making arrangements for sureties number 4 you have the right to choose and elect your own lawyer and the right to consult a lawyer even during your interrogation If you cannot afford your own lawyer, the state is required to provide you free legal aid under every circumstance. Number 5, you have the right to remain silent. You do not have to speak to the officer interrogating you and you have no obligation to provide information. You cannot be coerced into speaking. Number 6, you have the right to be examined by a doctor. If an arrested person claims that medical examination of his body would lead to a detail which would dismiss the arrest, a doctor's examination has to be provided. Any minor or major injuries suffered by you have to be recorded officially in a memo by the examining doctor. This inspection memo is supposed to be signed both by the police officials arresting you as well as you. Number 7 Every police official authorized to conduct the investigation and arrest is obligated to show you a clear, visible and valid badge where the name and designation of the police official is clearly mentioned. Number 8, you have the right to have one friend or relative or any other person who you want by your side during your arrest. You also have the right to inform someone of your arrest before you are arrested and the police is legally obligated to inform you of this right. Lastly, number 9, your arrest must be entered into an official police catalog. This catalog must include your name and the names and designations of all the police officials under whose custody you are. You have the right to see this police catalog. I think you're forgetting the most important one which Go is ahead. number 10, which is the right to tell the cops that you listen to Desi crime. and the cops better not mess with you if you haven't actually done something wrong if you've done something wrong then well i then hope you don't come to jail. To, just go to jail do your time but otherwise yeah you're a desi crime listener and you know your way around the indian judiciary absolutely we just gave you a lesson this is getting out of a crappy legal situation 101 i hope this suggestion helps innocent people and not criminals actually going you know what actually 
<laughs> you know, not to get all philosophical, but these rights are meant to protect even those that are guilty. So I'm sure there's something to it. And with that, and with that, we will see you again in a few days with our next episode. Till then, stay crazy, crazy stay crazy. I love saying that. <laughs> Thank you.